everybody this is double g for the fight game podcast wrapping up our marathon coverage of the g128 alongside john larocca who has been here with me every step of the way what's up john and uh man we did it two years in a row i know two years in a row and another marathon down and uh it was a damn great tournament just just off the like don't think about it too much but do you like this year's tournament or last year's tournament better uh, i don't know that's a tough one like we, we talked about the other day it kept going back and forth um i'm just gonna say this one this one was a lot of fun a lot of good, really good matches a lot of like exceptional matches that really stood out in my mind, you know, I didn't think last year's tournament had some good matches and really good matches, but this one had like a lot of top tier, like five or six candidates for match of the year mm-hmm. when it's all and done. And then probably never, none, none of these are going to win it either. You know, that's yeah. how good this year has been I know. for match quality. So, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to go with this year. This this, this year was a, a lot of fun. Um, I had fun last year, but this year definitely pans up. was, uh, ahead of it not by a long but you know a good amount i like it i like this year well you called it from the beginning thank you uh episode one people (laughs) (laughs) yeah you like i think a lot of people thought abushi had a shot um Mm. obviously in that block the a block tanahashi's gonna be one of the you know two or three uh, two or three guys who, who has a chance, right? It's going to be Okada, it's going to be Tanahashi, it's going to be Suzuki, um, mm. and, and and maybe maybe even surprisingly, Jay White w- was the one who w- who was up there, who we maybe didn't think was going to be up there. But I don't, I I didn't see that many people who had Tanahashi. And um, when I did uh, Wrestling Observer Radio with with uh with big dave you know i'll pull you guys a little bit behind the curtain but whenever big dave says my my friend from uh from home who who's the booker he's he's talking about john so he said you know and my friend who who saw it from day one he saw tanahashi he, he sort of saw where where they were going to go and the momentum and 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 he had tanahashi ibushi with tanahashi winning from day one so he was talking about you and um yeah so it was, you know, I'm sure other folks kind of guessed it too, because you know, like I said, A Block didn't have too many guys who could win the whole thing, but still, you know, you saw the Tanahashi thing right away, and uh, and yeah, he was the right guy. Like he, it was the perfect, it was the perfect winner. Yeah, yeah, no, he was the perfect choice. Um, I just kept, I kind of, I really didn't take his story into account when I was picking the winner. I was kind of taking a mega story, and. I figured, like, who's Omega going to face the Dome? I thought 
they could probably go back to Akata, but that kind of just seems too obvious, and that mm-hmm. doesn't seem really Gato style to do the obvious too much sometimes. But like, and I think for me, I know uh, Big Dave and I have different opinions on this, but like, I feel that you know King Omega is going to face obviously going to face Tanahashi at the Dome on January fourth, but I think Omega is going to beat Tanahashi. I think he's going to cement his legacy as a champion with that win. And I know Dave thinks, you know, that they, there'll be a title change and then Tanahashi will win it or Omega win it back at Madison Square Garden, which is, that could happen and it'd be great too. Trust me, I'd love to see Tanahashi as champion again. But I just think, you know, this is going to be Omega's like statement as champion. Like, like there's that win that you have, like when you win the title, right? That's a big win. But I think this is like one where it's like, you know, Tanahashi is going down a little bit. You know, he's taking a step down a little bit, I think down the rankings, he's getting older. And then these younger guys are Okada's and Omega's or it's going to be their, their run. So mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, shoot, Omega could be WWE bound. You never know. You know what I mean? Like things can change so much after that, but, and uh, Tanahashi would win it and that'd be great too. So, but I'm sticking with Kenny beating Tanahashi at the dome on January 4th. You know, who also deserves like, a short run is Ishii, man. Like, like, ha, like the hard, the hardcore fans would just die. Like, if, if he won the the championship for a short run. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think Ishii should get a championship. Uh, I know it's kind of weird. Like, they kind of have like a specific, and that makes the the championship so so much special and so yeah. much. You know, it's it's actually a draw, unlike other championships in professional wrestling. Like, IWGB title is actually you know, a draw. So, like, but I think, like, he should be a cool, like, transitional guy, you know, maybe a, a one, maybe wins the title and loses the next time, you know, next time, first defense, you know, yeah, yeah. many times before. Um, that kind of run would be cool, you know, so, and he deserves it, I think, you know, God, that guy is, the guy is just, you know, unstoppable, you know, he's just a, a tank, he's a stone pit bull for sure, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but before we get to uh, the uh, the the last three days, um, I, I just wanted to uh, acknowledge uh, the passing of of uh, the Anvil Jim Neidhart, who was also Natalia's dad. Uh, and I just kind of wanted to get this out of the way because, you know, when we're going to be talking about the G one, and then if we pat it on at the end, and then it feels kind of like uh, we're just trying to, you know, it's it's kind of not that no- that noteworthy, but. Like to me, this is this is a noteworthy one. Um, obviously, you know when when anyone dies in 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 any sport or any in, any sort of you know thing that you follow, you know you want to be pay your respects. But to uh, to me, um, he was one of the first big heels that I you know really really rooted against. And it's all because ten uh, year old me, you know, obviously Hogan is is the top guy for me at ten years old. But right underneath Hogan for me were the British Bulldogs, and in the the match where uh, the Hart Foundation beat the Bulldogs for the titles, I was so mad. Like, I, like <laughs> you know, I I there I will never get that frustrated watching a professional wrestling match ever again, right? I'm 10 years old. And that stuff was like, you know, win or die kind of thing. And uh, I was so angry. Like, they were such big heels to me when I was growing up. 
And some of it was the Danny Davis stuff, obviously, because it was unfair. But the Anvil and Brett, man, like they were they were that heel tag team for me who were who were the the heels against against my babyface bulldogs and man if they you know the the my babyface bulldogs i i desperately wanted them to to win every match but yeah he was a big one for me because i think i understood uh a lot of sort of like the psychology of that kind of stuff during that feud um the hogan stuff was a little bit more predictable cuz you never just you just never expected hogan to really lose but uh, but yeah, this one was was one for me. So yeah, you know, R.I.P. Anvil. He you know he was only sixty three years old. Um, he had he had some complications with uh, with Alzheimer's, uh, as I understand it, as he was uh, getting getting up in age. And you know, people were telling you know people were going back to like certain. I think he was on like the the Diva Show uh, a few times, and anytime you'd see him in public, like he he didn't really have uh, he didn't really look that good. Like he was always like really puffy and, and big, and people were saying like, man, you know, he he's just not doing anything, and he gets really red, and and he just looks unhealthy. And I don't know if that's related to whatever happened at the end there, but uh, but yeah, that really tough situation there. Sixty three is too young, um, especially you know that that. Fam- that that family has had enough uh, enough sort of heartache a- as it is, um, and uh, and yeah, that that's just my spiel on the anvil. I don't know if you had any thoughts on on the anvil when you were growing up, but he w- he was a big one for me. Um, yeah, you know, growing up, you know, Heart Foundation was was one of my favorite tag teams, at least in the WWF. You know, having my favorite like Midnight Express, but like my favorite tag team in the WWF was was the Heart Foundation. I like the I always liked the tag teams that had like the power guy and the speed guy. And, you know, Anvil was a great, like, hot tag guy. Like, he'd come in, he'd do the shoulder tackles. I'd love when he was fired off a drop kick. Because, <laughs> you know, he was, he was an Anvil. But, you know, he was a short, stocky guy that, you know, could just jump up and get into the air and just hit a beautiful drop kick. You know, and um, he was, it was funny because he was, like, the personality of the Heart Foundation. But later on, you know, Brett was the one that kind of broke off because, you know, Brett was just an exceptional worker. And, um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the anvil in the tag team after that, it, like it was hard for him to find his place, you know, um, uh, going back later on when I was, you know, tape collecting and watching all his footage, like I really enjoyed his stuff in mid South and I think it's all in the network now. I'm pretty sure, um, with him and Butch Reed as a tag team. Uh huh. And it was it was pretty some pretty good stuff, and it was like, and their breakup was great. Like I forget what happened. I don't know if I forget what happened, but I just remember like it's almost like they had that backstage footage, and just you know, Butch Reed and Janardo start fighting in the locker room. It just looked really really cool. Um, uh, so you check that out on the network if you know if, if it's on there. I'm pretty sure all the, the that that era is on there. I think it's like 1980, 81, 82. Um, and a funny story, I actually worked a show with Jim Neidhart in Bakersfield. And I, I should have looked up the year before it came on. I want to say 2006, 2007. It was in, in Bakersfield at the Bakersfield Dome. And he worked Kafu, who was at the time our top heel and uh, champion. And Roland was managing Kafu. I just remember, like, he came in and he was pretty quiet. Um... You know, he said hi, he said hi to everyone. You know, it wasn't, uh, I didn't really spend much time with him, but, um, you know, just quick hi and bye kind of thing. And then I remember him, like, 
wearing the British Bulldog uh, David Boy Smith elbow pad, you know, in honor of David Boy. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I also thought it was kind of sad because, like, when he was wrestling, like, you could tell, like, the injuries, all the years of all, you know, all the all the matches leading up, you know, to where he was now, you know, it was like, I know, like, he slowly, like, kind of seemed like he slowly had to get into the ring and stuff. And you know, they had a, you know, an okay match, you know, for what, what at the time. But, um, but I just remember, yeah, I worked with him and, uh, or worked on the same show as him. Uh, yeah, I think from sure, sure it was 2006. Uh, and that was pretty cool, you know, cause like, you know, I always would trip out, you know, working shows with guys that I'd watch as kids, you know, mm-hmm. I just thought it was like, I just flashback. Like there's like, always that quick little flashback to where like you're a kid and you're seeing them now, like you're in the same locker room with them. I just remember like the first time I experienced that was like 2005 and that was a great, great Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> it was like sitting there in the same locker with Greg Valentine, and uh, and I remember tripping out. But the same thing with Jim Nyhart. I just remember like, man, I remember like watching you on TV. You know, now I'm here in the locker room with you. And I don't know. That was pretty cool. But yeah, rest in peace, Jim Nyhart. Feel, feel so bad for Natalia, um, and and her, the whole family. You know, and, you know me. I have a special thing for Natalia. I love her. I think she's fantastic, and she's cool. And she and I met her once. And she is like was like just one of the coolest people. And at the time, she was a big star. But I just remember her by being like just totally cool. And I, at the time, I was just a young kid in the locker room, so like I was really shy and quiet. And then, then like you know, and I just remember her being really cool. So I was like always like a fan of hers. And, and uh, so my heart goes out to her and her family and all the fans of Jedi Uh The um, <clears throat> the the people who are a little bit younger than us would would remember him uh, more so with uh, with Owen when they had the the short mm-hmm. the short tact in the new foundation and then the uh, the people who like to to remember certain bad characters uh, he was the who yep yep uh, and, and so yeah I, w- I always thought um, you know I, I, I always wondered if he could ever do anything without Brett because you know like I said I always thought he was like such such so good in his role with Brett and and you know by by that time you know WWE or, or, or Vince you know didn't think he was gonna be a good solo I think he, he worked for WCW for a little bit too uh and then uh, and then yeah like he just kind of uh and then he became Natty's dad you know when when we started to, to hear about Natty that then he, he he in the wrestling world he transitioned you know you mentioned Greg Greg Valentine my buddy uh, Chet, who uh, was a wrestling fan growing up, he's he's probably close to he's probably our age, I think. Um, he said that he went to uh, I think his Oakland Coliseum, watch wrestling with his dad when he was you know probably ten years old or whatever, and uh, and then they went out to like a Denny's or something after, and then he saw Greg Valentine uh, eating eating dinner with whoever he was wrestling that night. So then that he was like, oh man, this sucks. I'm not gonna watch this stuff again. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> that crazy? It's our second great Valentine reference in like the last couple of days. I know, which is, which is nuts. But um, the hammer, yeah. Man. I remember, I remember Jim Neidhart was like, he's in uh, WCW like '93 for like a month or two or something. That's how it felt like. And then he ended up going back like after what, like after the whole Brett. Uh, the whole Montreal Screwjob, right? He went to WCW for a year or so, and right. then he ended up back right. in the right. He ended up back in the WF. He's also in a G1. 
talking about G1. It was in 1992 G1. Oh, wow. Which was, like, which was the uh, tournament for the NWA World Title, which Rick Rude beat, uh, no, Masahiro Chono beat Rick Rude in the finals. Is that, is that the tournament that, that uh, Rude screwed up his back in? No, no, that was 94, so 92. This is the one where they actually showed highlights on WCW TV. They showed, like, Rude's matches mainly, and they showed Rude's match with Kensuke Sasaki on the WCW main event. It was a really damn good match, and I remember, like, had that on tape, and I watched that match a lot, and it was cool. And then, of course, it was uh, Masahiro Chono beat Rick Rude in the finals and won the NWA title, and I remember, like, they would, like, just create a rematch or, like, Rick Rude was distracted by Tiger Hattori or something. <laughs> and, like, I was, like, he's getting up the feed for uh, Chono's top rope shoulder tackle. Like, Rick Rude, like, makes eye contact with Tiger Hattori. And that's, a, you know, then the one, two, three. But I just thought it was, uh, I just thought it was, I always remember that about that tournament. And, um, yeah, like, he was in it. Steve Austin was in it. Mm-hmm. Steve Austin was Arn Anderson and that. Uh, Terry Taylor is also in it too. I believe Ron Simmons. Like it's a it's a unique group. Like, but it was you know you know Muda and the Chono and the usuals. But like, yeah. So yeah, Nightheart was in that was in that tur- was in that tournament. I forget who he worked. I, I apologize, but uh, I don't think he made it past the first round though. I'm pretty, I know that for a fact. Come on, John. How can you not know who Jim Nightheart wrestled in the G1 from 1992? <laughs> You're supposed to have this stuff in the back of your mind. Um, I do know the date of Wrestle War 92. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty good. I was like, what? (laughs) Trust me, everything else is a blur now from like, (laughs) you know, 97 on or something. And it all runs together now. Oh, don't don't worry. It's going to get worse when you have kids, man. I, I, and whenever anyone asks me like what happened between like the year 2000 and 2007, I have absolutely no idea because my kids were like so young at that point. But then there's a part where I'm like, okay, now I remember everything again, but it's like this like seven year blur where I don't remember anything. <laughs> oh man. I know like my, my, my buddy called me up for a, he was looking for a finish for a match cause they were doing something on one of the shows, and he was like, I know you remember this. It was a match where, like, the Southern Boys beat <laughs> Southern Boys beat the Freebirds, and the referee, like, a six-man tag, and referee kind of one, two, three, like, on each guy, like, it was, it was like a triple sunset flip, <laughs> and he count the three, one, and on one, and two, you know, and then on three, he'd go down the line, and I was like, yeah, class, September 1990, <laughs> like, I just knew it, I my head. <laughs> it was just, just freakish, but, like, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I will never, I won't remember anything like else. Like I, everything just runs together. I can't tell you like what happened at WrestleMania twenty two. You know what I mean? I just don't remember. Yeah, I mean, it's the, if they don't treat it as important, how are we supposed to treat it as important? Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so let let's go back. Let's quickly recap um, night seventeen and night eighteen. Just just to kind of go over the story that they told in the finale. So as we are into night 17, um, Jay White, uh, Koda, and um, not Koda, Tanahashi and Okada, Jay White, Tanahashi and Okada were all still 
um, available. They were all, they 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 all still had a chance to win the uh, the A block. And I don't I don't think you saw this match, but um, there was a really ridiculous uh, match between the Bucks and Kenny versus Coda, Marty Skrull, and Chase Owens. And you know, I mean, story wise, it doesn't really make sense for them to have a match. Although you know, every every time. Um, in the G1, uh, in a singles match, the the night before that he that person would have a tag against whoever they were facing. So that that made sense there. But obviously, like you know, why would the elite face off against Coda and Marty and Chase? Um, anyway, this whole match, they just teased like a match. Like they did they did a bunch of spots early where they were like getting out of the way of like they knew each other so well that they were just going to move out of the way of moves like missed elbow drops and and you know stuff like that sort of i mean sort of like when uh you know the young bucks got a, a lot of flack from that one match where they all they did was like just miss drop kicks against each other um mm-hmm. and like i know a lot of people uh think stuff like that is creative it i mean it just frustrates me because i'm just like okay like that's not why i watch wrestling but um you know, I know a lot of people liked it, and the only thing I thought was like, man, I, I whoever punches the other person in the face is like over with me because I can't wait. I I have a feeling I know where this is going, and I need something to happen. Obviously, nothing happens, and the Tongans run in, um, and so this is uh, after I believe it was after this uh, this match that um, uh, they decided that the Tong if the Tongans ran in during the final night of the G1 and or the finale that they would be suspended. So it was after this that, that they made that call. But yeah, so, you know, just more heat, more heat on the Tongans. Um, they, you know, they, they, they beat everyone up and, and, uh, and, and stuff. So, you know, I think it was to kind of tease like, oh, wow, like what happens if they spoil Omega and Ibushi, which everyone's looking forward to as the greatest match, you know, the tournament. Uh, obviously, they didn't. But um, but yeah, so that that was what it was for. I, I, I told you when we when we were watching the final together, I was like, I'm glad you didn't see it because you would have hated it so much. Yeah, I already hated it. I've seen it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's funny because I was listening to Big Dave and Brian and Dave was describing, like, the being elite angle that led up to the match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, and what, what, I, get, I get the joke. Like, I do think it's funny that Kenny Mag is like, what's well, choreographing? You know, like, mm-hmm. I thought that was What if cute, I forget? But at, the same, at the same time, but, like, it's just, it's just like, it's frustrating because, you, you know, you come from this one way of thinking, right? Like, you know, you have to, like, you want people to believe in what you're doing, and and then and then this happens, right? And so I'm explaining this to my friend, right? I'm explaining <laughs> this whole angle. So I'm like, you know, I just got the lowdown from from big big Dave and Brian. So I'm like explaining, it, and then he goes, you know what? I just saw I don't know, I saw a clip of these. They're like dancing around doing the bird. I'm like, that's the match. <laughs> that's the same match. He's like, he's like, he's like, I just watched it, and I was like what the, is this what wrestling is now today? Like, this is what wrestling is. And it was just fun. You know, we're just like, I was laughing. He was pissed, but like, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm glad I didn't watch it. Cause I probably just got heated. And I don't know, but it, it's, it's more catered to it's, you know, it's catered to their fan base. Right. I mean, that's what you know, their fan base, you know, 
they're not really into like what's real and they want they or or not or they don't really care about that. They just want to see uh, a fun performance and you know that they they know their audience and I mean shoot who might have say they're doing it wrong because they're there they're making good money and drawing big crowds and and God bless them for that. But uh, you know like what's 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 good about pro wrestling is there's a lot of different genres. You know, like some people aren't horror movie fans. Some people aren't sci-fi fans, but there's always still something for everyone, right? So you just got to watch what you watch, what you like, and you'll be fine. And that's what I do. So I don't choose to watch stuff like that, and I'm happy. <laughs> you know, you know. I think like when I watch some of the Being the Elite, I think they look at it as, what could we do to piss Jim Cornette off today? <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, I feel like yeah. like that whole thing. They were just hoping that, oh, I, I hope Cornette hears about this so then he can yell at us about it. And then, you know, more then, then it makes people kind of want to watch it. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it, it, it was very silly. Uh, it, I mean, it didn't, it didn't hurt anything, but I, I just thought it was really silly. Um, so so for the rest of so for the rest of uh, night 17 um, in matches that didn't even count uh, as far as, you know, who was going to win. Makabe beat Elgin in like a fun uh, big man big man match, but there's a, there's a, a a spot in this match where Makabe's in the corner and he's facing the corner, and I thought like Elgin was like trying to pull him, like he was like maybe he's like trying to German him or something. Uh, but then when I asked Big Dave about it on Wrestling Observer, but before we started recording Wrestling Observer Radio, I was like, was he trying to pull him or just did he just like just fall back and like do like a junior heavyweight move. He's like, ah, oh, he just did a junior heavyweight move. And I was like, ah, oh, I hate it when Elgin just does junior heavyweight moves for the sake of just to show that he's sort of athletic for being a big guy. Like that doesn't really play into the match because all I did, all I wanted to see was these guys beat the shit out of each other. And eventually that's what happened. Uh, Makabe, uh, won w- with the, um, with the knee drop. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like I, it's just when, when Elgin does some of that, that, junior heavyweight stuff. I was like, save that. Let those guys do that stuff, man. Like you just be like a big guy and just beat the shit out of Makabe, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I 100% agree. Um, I, I, sometimes I get like frustrated. Like I see like the same moves, like every match. Like I think when we're watching, when we're watching the finals. I was like, if I see one more damn in the Giri, I'm going <laughs> to lose it. I saw like four in the Giri in a row. So like, you know, <laughs> And uh, and back to the Maccabi Elgin match, I was like, I was kind of surprised. I wasn't okay. I wasn't too surprised that Maccabi won. It was nice because I'm a Maccabi fan. That was very cool. Was, I think it was a nice little like win for him. You know, just to like, kind of give him something because he's not one that's going to be featured anymore high on the cards when it comes to singles matches. But I think it was like a nice little you know little win for him. So, but it kind of surprised me because I, I I figured that wouldn't ha- wouldn't happen over. Elgin, who I have, high, you know, when it comes to the pecking order, I would think Elgin is just a little, a little bit higher than Makabe at this point now. Yeah. So that that kind of took me by surprise that that result, but that, it's cool. It was, it was a fun match. It was good. A, another match that I, I guess I wasn't surprised that, that Yoshihashi won, but I, I fe, you know I feel like Hangman you know had a, had a great tournament showing, even if he didn't get a lot of wins. Uh, and you know, Yoshihashi beat him, uh, by the end, but I thought this was a fun match too. Like hangman, um, I think hangman showed so much charisma in this tournament. Um, he sets up his, uh, his, his, uh, that clothesline, the flip over clothesline. What do they call it? The, uh, uh, buckshot. Yeah. The buckshot. 
he sets that thing up so well, and it it just every the, the crowd just pops huge for it every time. Um, and and the, you know the whole story of this tournament for Yoshihashi, and like you can hear the the announcers Kevin Kelly and Rocky Romero basically talking trash about him throughout all of his matches. Uh, is that you know he just doesn't care enough. He's got all this talent in the world. He doesn't listen to anybody. And he's an underdog and doesn't even deserve to be in this tournament. And that's kind of how, how they told his story. So he got a win over Paige. Uh, I would have liked to see Paige get the win, but oh well. You know, they got to, they gotta you know, make sure the, the, the scores are close, I guess. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, did, what, did you, what did you think about Paige, uh, his overall tournament? I thought it was good. Like, um, I know we're going to go over the prizes and whatnot later on uh, who you thought was surprised and definitely pages on my list for that. Um, I was when, when Yoshi Hoshi got the pin here, I thought, okay, they're giving nods to their group guys. Their you know, guys, like yeah. Bay got his, yeah. Mocking got his nod. This is Yoshi Hoshi's little nod, little thing for him. So, um, but I, like I was like, when I went to you, like I was thinking like, you know what? They probably should have ended it with age getting a win again. And just, just, you know, Going some momentum with that guy because you know he had a big win in the tournament over Suzuki. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. What a big upset that was. Yeah. And um, I would definitely, I mean, I, I would definitely put Paige over here because uh, he definitely made himself in this tournament. Uh, Suzuki beat Bad Luck Fale by DQ, and this was the one match in the tournament that I didn't really care about the uh, the interference by the Tongans uh, by the Bullet Club OG or OG Bullet Club because. There, there was no stakes here. Both guys were out mm-hmm. of out of it, and thus they just had a really fun brawl where both guys were kind of you know cheating and stuff and and hitting, hitting each other with stuff. And I thought uh, I thought this was maybe uh, Fale's best showing of the entire tournament. I actually really liked this match. Yeah, I agree with you, and it kind of makes sense that there's all this interference because that's the same thing Suzuki Gun does, right? Yeah. And they they do a lot of interference with all their guys. Yeah, so, um, you know it was. Kind of may set them up for the future. Tongans versus Suzuki Gun, and you know, maybe down the line sometime late next year. But uh, yeah, it was fun, and you know, Suzuki, Suzuki, the man, and uh, Fale. You know, I'm a, I'm a big Fale guy. I like big guys that can move and are have speed, and you know, him losing that forty pounds just just adds to his athleticism. You know, and uh, it's good to see, and um, I like to see more. I see these guys go out again. Hey, a good Tongan Suzuki gun war would be kind of a good undercard for you in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then uh, the match uh, with Stakes, Evil uh, beats Jay White, and if Jay White had won this match, uh, he was still in the ball game, and he would have eliminated Okada before Okada's match with Tanahashi. So knowing that, I think we pretty much thought that Jay White was going to have to lose this match. Um, yeah, I I liked a lot of the match. I thought there was not enough drama in him losing. Like I thought they needed to build that up a little bit more. And there was you know there was interference here, but that's kind of been Jay White's gig as well in in the uh, in the tournament. Um, I thought the match was good, but I I I wanted like I, I it was missing something at the end where you know the the he was you know the stakes were so high for him and kind of like his own. Um, you know his own interference and all that stuff didn't really didn't really work for him. It back, not it didn't really backfire, but um, 
but you know, it, it, in all of you know, as as a heel, like he should have lost, right? Like he he shouldn't be uh, at the end. The heel's going to get his, and he did. I just wanted there to be a little bit more of like drama to the finish, so that he could you know pitch a fit, and he was just so close to to having a shot at winning this whole thing. Yeah, I agree. It was it was it wasn't dramatic at all. It was kind of just there. And I just right off the bat, I'm like, well, let's figure. Like, it's going to come down to Tanahashi Okada. Um, and when Evil, and that was just the, the night, the book in the night when the G1 matches, like, okay, Makaba got his win, Yoshihashi got his big win, you know, or, or it's coming out on top. And the Evil, same way, you know, Evil last year was featured heavy because he was put in a position to have a title shot with Okada, right? With that big win last year over Okada during the tournament. And this year he was kind of like on the lower end. Because that's the way the booking, you know, fell this, this fell this year. So I think I had this feeling they're going to get him a win, and he's going to knock Jay White out. So I was, I was really just, I was kind of, it was just, I was just being a spectator. I was just kind of just watching and waiting for it to be over with. Um, like I said, there's no like drama. I don't know if they really lead it out for the crowd. I didn't, I didn't sense, it. I didn't sense drama from the crowd, you know, at all. I, I didn't really. I, I, I know you listen to the Japanese announcers. Um, I didn't think that Kelly and Romero were that great on this call, and they were they were like mm-hmm. really good for most of the tournament. But I think this was the one match where maybe they didn't they didn't you know tell the story well enough, or at least let people know what the stakes were. But then again, you know maybe they're just like everyone else, going like, oh well, it's got to be Okada Tanahashi, mm-hmm. like that's it. you know. So maybe yeah. in the back of their minds, that that's kind of what they were thinking. Yeah, I sent the crowd the same way, right? I thought that crowd was just like, okay, we know Evil's going to go. We know it's going to come down to who's going to go to Tanahashi and Okada. And that's what we got. So that takes us to the main event. Tanahashi and Okada ends in a draw. The, the stakes were that Tanahashi, if he won or if he if it was a draw, he would go on. But in order for Okada to win the block, he would have had to win out. So, um, this, uh, this match was maybe not as good as their match from uh, a few months ago, but even so it was, it was really close. Um, and you know, I know it was your favorite match of the tournament, so I'm just going to let you lead the way on this one. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was awesome. I, you know, I watched it, uh, like, Got up that morning, went to work, and I had like a little hour before start of work. And I threw on that threw that match, and I uh, skipped ahead to <laughs> to this match because I wanted to make sure I got it in because I know it was going to go long. I know it was going to go up to the thirty minutes, um, and it was another classic in a series of great classic matches. It's one of the best rivalries in pro wrestling history. You know, up there with Briscoe and Funk, Flair and Steamboat, uh, Kabashi, Masawa. With Sawa Kawada, and you know now you have Okada, you know Okada Omega, and now you have you know Okada, you know Tanahashi. So, um, I mean the drama was there, and the crowd was just going. The crowd was rumbling, like before they even locked up. Like it was a big match. That's one of the reasons why I felt it was the best match of the tournament for me. It's just like it felt epic. It felt like everyone in that whole building in that Budokan was like ready for the just them circling the ring together before they even locked up, and then just hear the crowd and. And uh, it was draw- it was dr- so dramatic, and that that finish was was so cool. The big, you know, Tanahashi left hand knocking down Okada. Okada like 
glassy eye fell right into position for the high fly flow, and it was just perfect. And then, of course, he hit it. He hit it while Okada was going down and goes to the top to go for the big one. And the, the final high fly flow, as he goes to the top, the time runs out. And then, and, um, which is funny because I'm watching it, like I, I'm getting, I'm like, okay, they're probably going to draw. But then, like the last five minutes, it's, it's so damn good, you almost forget. You know, what I, mean? I just forgot like it was going to be time was going to run out. You know, and then uh, all of a sudden, bam, the bell rang. I was like, oh man, you know, give me more. And uh, and it was a cool, and it was perfect. And Tanahashi is there. You know, he's, and then they announced that he's won the block, and people go crazy, and towels are out, and that's just, it was really cool. That match was, was just so good, and it's a whole different level. It's like a whole different level. Like they don't need to to do anything risky in this match. The Tanahashi selling is the best. Is the best I've seen in a very very long time, and Okada is you know. I like, it was good to see big game Okada back. You know, he's all he had a great performance on the tournament, don't get me wrong. But like Club Kid Okada having fun out there. <laughs> it's cool to see the, it was cool to see the Rainmaker come out. Yeah. And um and I guess his rival. So uh yeah, it was it was uh it was awesome, man. I was getting emotional watching it. It's one of those matches that sucks you in, makes you sense suspend disbelief. And that's the wrestling that I like. That's what made me a fan so long ago. And when it's good it's good. Like you, you get that feeling where you, you're just like, you know, like you're, you're like watching a good movie. You're watching a movie. You know, it's fake. You know, it's, you know, you know, it's silly and it's not real, but like you're so, the performance is so good that you should just, you're just, you know, everything's closed off to you around you. And you're just so focused on the, on the, on the screen and you're sucked into what they're telling the story they're telling. And that's what, that's the beauty of pro wrestling right there. And, and these guys always bring that out in me as a fan. And that's what I love. What did you think about after uh, after the finals were over, uh, and they they uh, I guess he was interviewed and he said that uh, he and Ghetto were splitting up. No more, no more manager. Yeah, that was weird. I I, I kind of like the whole Okada Ghetto thing, but what if Okada continues on his like losing streak kind of thing? Like not his losing streak, but you know, like loses big matches. Mm-hmm. And then reunites with Gato, and you know that he's missing that 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 one key element. That and he, he reunites with Gato, and he ends up, you know, getting back to his old form as a rainmaker, and and wins the championship. Maybe maybe that happens, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I mean, I, if you notice, well, Gato never came out with him in the tournament. Right, right. I yeah, I don't, I don't. I guess it's one of those things where you're going to sort of have to see it play out because, uh, you know, it's, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense now. But I'm sure that story will be told, uh, you know, from here on out as to why, you know, why is he why is he doing it? I'm sure people who probably who watch this stuff, you know, maybe even a little bit more than us, like they may even have some ideas. But, yeah, I, I thought it kind of came out of nowhere, too, for me. But I guess we're going to let that one play out. Um, well, the way it was done, too, is like I just post. Like match, like I don't know. Like, was it on TV? I don't remember. I, just remember I don't think so. I think, I think it was. It might have been in, in the the interviews after the show. I didn't see it, so I I just knew that that was yeah. kind of the news coming out of that show. As we were, I mean, I mean, Gato was like, 
I don't want to be out there with Club Kid Okada. I'm not passing up balloons. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Okada wanted him to also dye his hair red, and he was just like, nope, that's yeah, the last. I, I, I can't do it. My gut feeling is Okada is going to have some ups and downs, and he's finally going to you know, get back to being the Rainmaker and serious Okada, and, and Gator will be by his side when that happens. Um, okay, so the next uh, the next show, I think this was the one that everybody was really looking forward to. Uh, it was the Omega and Ishi. Fi- I mean, sorry, Omega and Ibushi. Finally, uh, after what it's been six years since their their famous match, um, and you know, I, I it's it's it really felt like. Gosh, like this feels like such a big, big, big match. And um, I think that the most interesting thing to me is because of the timing of it, uh, it was so it would have been Saturday for us. Um, I had so much stuff going on Saturday. And the only thing I could think about was I need to get back to the house with with enough time for me to watch this thing because it's it's like I, I can't even believe that I'm not waking up at like ten o'clock in, or nine o'clock in the morning and, and just starting watching it. Like I it was it was I almost made it like a, even bigger than it really was because of my own schedule. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean it felt it felt like a you know it felt like okay this is it man like this is the last night of of uh, of all the blocks. Uh, it's the match that you know everyone really desperately has been wanting to see. They've held it off for all this time. And it, it, you know, it was, it was, it was like more important, you know, I guess Tanahashi Okada from the night before was, was, uh, as important, but it just felt like this was like, uh, like a WrestleMania main event or something like you, like, this was like something that you've been waiting for forever. And I, you know, I thought they delivered. It was, it was a really good match. It was, it was crazy as all hell. Um, but I also thought that, uh, that, that they saved a little something for the next time they're going to wrestle. So as good as it was, I think I think the the next time that they touch, they're going to try to make it even even nuttier. But let, let's go through um, let's go through the rest of the block. So the only so actually three people were alive still here. So you had Kota, Kenny, and Naito uh, all alive. Zack Saber Jr. Uh, was kind of right on their heels, but because of folks who because of losing matches to all of these you know to, to some of these guys before, he was technically eliminated. Um, but when it, when the final standings came out, it, it was actually a four-way tie. Kota, Kenny, Zach, and Naito all had 12 points, but based off of all the tiebreakers, uh, Obushi would come out of, out of the B block. But so the, the first match of the block was, um, it was, it was Yano against, uh, Tamatonga, um, like, <laughs> You know, I, I just said they were like getting us ready for like you know one of the best the, the best matches uh, of the year, and they're giving us some bad stuff before. <laughs> like <laughs> this was uh, this was not good. Um, that so to to kind of play off the the story that the Tongans couldn't interfere because they tried to come down, but they were um, you know the the Harold Harold Mage was was a uh, ringside I'm not ringside but came out and and sort of made them go back lot, you know lots of people were out there uh and so instead all Tamatanga did was beat up the the poor referee literally just beating the guy up 
and <laughs> and that that was the match. Like I I don't know. Like I, I'm not sure what what they did, but um, I know. Um, I think I, I think right before this match, Tonga said something like uh, he said he he made a mention about Meltzer and his star ratings or something. Uh, and you know uh, he's he's like try, he's tr- either trying to be Scott Hall, um, like like a like that that's like kind of how he like his, his strut down the ring is very Scott Hall. Um, his talking to the camera is very Scott Hall. Uh, but I don't know. It it just seems like a copycat to me. Like I, I know the guy is probably he's a bad boy, not the bad guy. Right, he's a bad boy. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the guy's tough as shit in real life, right? But but when he comes out as Tamatonga, it looks like an act. Like it 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 comes across as like just an act. Where I'm like, okay, I, I'm I'm at, I'm sick of this at this point. Not that oh man, you know, I can't wait to see someone beat him up. It's like eh, I'm kind of over yeah. it. Yeah, because they did every show. By the, time, by the time this the last night, we're like, okay, here we go. Here come the Tongans. They're gonna they're gonna interfere and blah blah blah. Let's get this over with. Let's get this over to so get going because there's a lot of great matches ahead of uh, past this, right? So and it, it, it was just a, it was a whole lot of nothing. The only thing significant was finally the New Japan office came out to stop the Tongans and and um, threaten suspensions and they actually they finally. Finally, after a whole month full of shows, <laughs> there is some authority, uh, some authority at the Tongans to stop them. So you know, better late than never, I guess, right? So it was just, it was, it was whatever. Uh, and the uh, the next match was Juice against uh, Goto. This was a little bit of a surprise to me. I mean, I know they're setting up uh, future matches, but uh, you know, Goto as the the never champion, Juice as the U.S. champion. Um, you could say Goto had a had a slightly uh, slightly disappointing tournament with only six points, but Juice beat him here. Uh, like I said, there was a four way tie at the top. There was a four way tie at the bottom too. Goto, Tamatanga, mm-hmm. Yano, and Juice all had six points, but this win allowed Juice to uh, tie uh, for the last place. He was not alone in the bottom. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it was good. Juice, juice is, you know, his whole, the whole tournament was setting up that left hand. And finally, you know, in the last couple of matches, he was able to hit it. And that was a big part of winning this match where he, he, you know, he no cast hits the left hand, um, then pulp friction and gets the pin. I, I want, I wonder if the left, like, I mean, is it, is it going to, is he all of a sudden going to, going to have like Mark Merrow power in his left hand? Like what's going to, what's going to go on here? <laughs> Is it going to be this to don't miss? Uh, yeah, the Juice and Goto was a really good match. I like, I liked it a lot. Um, I was surprised by the finish as well. I thought for sure the, um, you know, never title is a little higher than the U.S. title, so I figured Goto would get the win. But uh, but look now that looking back at how the standings all ended up, you know, you know, Gato specifically had, you know, who wanted the a tie at top and the tie on the bottom, so. Everyone was, you know, for the most part, so between those guys. So they're technically even, right, and the end of this tournament, then too. But, you know, Juice does get his first win in a singles match over Goto. I just felt like I wouldn't do that to G1. I would do that down the line when it maybe meant a little bit more, maybe for a championship or something. You know, Juice finally beats Goto then, but not. So, so I was kind of surprised by that. But, 
you know, it was, it was, it was good. Uh, and then we had Ishii and Sonata, which was another really good match. You know, we talked about Paige earlier as like the surprise. You know, Sonata had a you know Sonata had a, sort of a little bit of a coming out party last year too, but I think this year he really took that like next level step. Um, and it was you know he he just had an excellent tournament. Um, Ishii was probably the people's champion of of the tournament. You know, he was just yeah. ridiculous in this entire thing. Um, and, you know, my two favorite finishers of the tournament, or, you know, just in New Japan in general, are his Brain Buster and uh, Suzuki's uh, Gotch Piledriver. The two, like, old school finishers are, like, my favorite ones. But every every time, every time he, you know, he gets, he, he teases the finish, I'm like, I can't, I can't wait to see the damn Brain Buster of all things. Uh, and and he, he finally hit the Brain Buster after a long, long match, about 17 minutes. So it was really good stuff, though. Yeah, this match is awesome. I love the match. I love this match a lot. It was it felt epic as well, and it felt like a big deal. And and yeah, it, it was it was cool. And then uh, Ishii got the big, you know, another big win. And he beat well, he beat all the champions right in this tournament. Yep. So uh, they really you know kept him strong because he's going for the IWGP title at uh, in October. And uh, what a performance by Ishii, and what a performance by Sonata. Like 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 they, last year, he had a a strong tournament, and this year he really put himself in position to be featured as a singles coming up even more. Like I think definitely he should have a run as the Intercontinental Champion. At, you know, run the never title, run at the Intercontinental for sure. And so definitely looking forward to seeing that next year with him. And um, you know, like you said, he. He's the he's the Colts in the Colts goal, right? He doesn't have well, people say he doesn't have much charisma, but I think he has a unique charisma about him. It's like that that silent, that silent, uh, cool, silent guy, you know. I think just like he's like the assassin in the movie that doesn't say much, but he gets the job done and beat kicks ass. So um, I think that's his unique charisma, and and he's he's like I said, I've been following him since. You know, 2012 when he was in All Japan, and I just love this whole evolution of his character, and I think he's definitely found a home here in New Japan for wrestling. And let's hope for a big. I'm hoping for a big 2019 for Sonata. Uh, and then in the match that still had stakes, we had Zack Saber Jr. against Naito. If Naito wins this match, Kota Ibushi is already eliminated before his match with Kenny Omega, and all he can mm-hmm. do is play spoiler. And so you have the dynamic of Kota having to beat his you know, best friend, and we, we, we jokingly call them soulmates, uh, his best friend and soulmate, uh, and spoil him, or, or, or else, uh, and, and if he does, then Naito goes on. But they did not tell that story. Zack Sabre Jr. beats Naito here. Uh, I thought the match was good, but I didn't have it as like one of my, you know, top, uh, I guess I wouldn't even, I didn't even have it in the top 20. Uh, But you know who had it really high uh, is uh, our buddy Alan Forel. This was his third Mm -hmm. favorite match of the whole tournament. And so he's going to do a write-up when we post our uh, top 15 match of the G1. I asked him to write this one up specifically so that, you know, he could he could let everyone know why he loved this match so much. But, yeah, this was this was his third favorite match. And, um, you know, Zach, Zach Sabre Jr. actually wins with a move. He, instead of a submission, he actually had a finisher here. 
to uh, to put away Naito in this match. Uh, what what did you think about this one? No, oh, that was how match. I thought this whole show was great. Yeah. Um, I came to the G G one matches, and uh, yeah, that was cool. I, I right when he hit that driver, I was like, "Wow, is that gonna be it?" And sure enough, it was. And I remember, like, I'm always shocked that Naito loses, though. Still, like, yeah. I just think he's a big star. So every time he loses, it's like, whoa! But it's like, but in 2018, he lost a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look that back at. Well, it. I mean, he um, lost in 2018. He lost the big match in in, in the first uh, show of the year. Yeah, he lost to Jericho and lost to Suzuki, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been um, no, he beat Suzuki, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, he's had some some big losses. So it, it's interesting, but that's why I think Naito's. They're they're gonna give Naito a big run soon with that championship, but then he's also gonna be one of those guys that's so over he'll need it. You know? Yeah, yeah, you're it you're right. He just doesn't need it. Lij is the most popular group in Japan, and you know his merch is everywhere in the crowd. And uh, but he's he's the complete performer. He's like he like I call him you know WWE's Randy Orton. You know he's New Japan's Randy Orton, right? I mean he just has it all. The charisma. The wrestling, um, he's he's. I love watching that guy. That guy work and I, was, and I worry about his health though. I just feel like he takes so much abuse in his matches sometimes. The, but yeah, it was another. It was a good match. Definitely a good match. Good semifinal. So then we had Omega and Ibushi winner take all. Um, it it this uh, you know there was a few matches in this tournament. Um, Ibushi and Ishii was one of them where I audibly like screamed, uh, or yelled like, oh my God, like what the, like what the hell? Like, you know, just a couple times. And, and in this match, I did it a bunch of times, including when, uh, when Ibushi did the, um, the moonsault knees into, (laughs) into Omega's, uh, midsection. Like he, he did it again to Tanahashi in, in the final, but Oh my god! Like it, it came out of nowhere because you expected it to just be a normal moonsault, and then when the, when the knees hit, you're oh, it's like oh my god! Like what is this guy doing? But um, I you know you talked about Naito taking punishment. Like how Abushi does Abushi have like special tendons and and like uh, he is he's just not normal. Like he's just not his his body. How does he take so much punishment? How does he do so many risky things and fall on his feet every single dang time? Like it's kind of crazy. Like I'm just waiting for this guy to like do something to to really hurt himself and he comes out of these matches like jumping up and down. It's ridiculous. Well, you know how it is. It's not the it's not some big move that he's going to crash and burn on. It's, it's something small that's going to injure him, you know. That's what Yeah. Kind of how these things work, um, but you know he's just a super athlete. So is Omega. They're just <laughs> they're above everyone else when it comes to athleticism. You know they're just and they they showed it off in this match. Gosh, you know they pulled out every all the stops and they and like I said, those, those guys are so creative. We talked about earlier that they're so creative that you know whenever they meet again, they will meet again. You know they have a million other things they have planned that's going to make us cringe and. Oh my gosh, you know. Yeah. And uh there's a couple moves like that drop down on the apron, that kind of like that oh, yeah. like styles clashes kind of move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um that reverse Amori driver, like he's on the shoulders, he's in uh, and uh, Ibushi's like 
facing back, you know, hanging down. It's almost like an like like you're in the Alabama jam, a slam position, but you're facing forward, right? Yeah, and that was like maybe the, like, that was maybe the only move that didn't look super smooth, but by not looking super smooth, it looked even more devastating. It's just like it was like what the heck? Like, so, <laughs> so I was thinking like I was like, what are they doing trying to kill each other? Cause like, I mean, I do remember Ibushi being out for a while to bat with neck injury. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he had surgery, right? Yeah. And he's no, he's he's a young, he's young. Yeah, credit us, he's young. But like wrestling standards, like he's not that young. Yeah, and um, yeah, I just he just worries me. You know, I hope I just hope he can his body holds up. And it's funny, like, okay, go circle back to Greg Valentine, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, I know we're talking about, we're talking about Kenny Mega, Cody Bougie, you know, I'm talking about Greg Valentine, but this is what I want, this is, this does have, this all goes together, trust me. So I'm sitting in that locker room with Greg Valentine, and he wrestles his match, right? He goes out there, he can't, then I'm in this place at the, at the newer pavilion, there's like these steps that go down from the, from the, uh, stage he can't go down the steps like you know he goes like to the side of the building goes out to the side door now granted maybe he just forgot where the entrance was but <laughs> i'm thinking there's a good strong possibility that that's true but like he didn't go down the steps and he usually got up the steps i'm thinking like man i remember sitting like god man those ring wars you know i remember thinking like that like wow you know like all that abuse on the body. I just remember sitting there like just in awe of like him like slowly coming back to the uh to the ring. I mean back to the locker room, sorry, and like just like out of like out of it and just kinda like, you know, he and he wrestled like Lion Perer who's like this jabroni, you know, like he's not a good worker and like he was just like pain. And like if you compare their styles to Omega and Abushi, like he didn't do any of that crazy stuff that these guys are doing, right? So it's like, what these guys are going to be like? Are they going to be the old guy in the locker room? You know, or I have a feeling they they're not. I think they're smart, smarter than that, and they're just going to get out before they become those guys. But like, but like, how are they going? How's their quality of life? You know, I don't know. This is worries me. You know, like I, it's worried about those guys. Okay, and, let, um, let let's get to the finish because I have a question about this to ask you. And, and so mm-hmm. um, at the finish. Um, Ibushi hits a top rope tiger driver that was so scary to me, at least. Uh, yeah, and then he hit another Kamagoye to to beat Kenny. And you know, there's so much drama, so much emotion. The way that they each reacted at the end made this seem like, you know, so real. And 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 Ibushi would do it again in in the Tanahashi match. Like his reaction was like a real reaction, you know, that, that, that you would like, you know, a fighter's reaction Mm -hmm. or or whatever. Um, so back to your Greg Valentine point. Now, do you think that obviously outside of the G1, because the G1 is like the hardest schedule of the year for any Mm -hmm. wrestling company, but outside of the G1, they usually, um, are pretty good about not having so many hard matches, uh, mm-hmm. and, and putting these guys in tags and, you know, only the main event matches of the big show are kind of the ones where, you know, they're really going hard. And so, cause what you said was, was right. Like all the stuff they do, but you know, hammer was working like, you know, 
every other night, right? Like he, for all those years and he, you know, he didn't work a hard style, but you know, he's still like on the road, he's driving, he's, you know, for 200 nights or whatever, whatever the number was back when he was wrestling. But these guys seemingly have a really good schedule. Uh, and it made me wonder if you're Vince McMahon, why, why do you even have house shows? Other than other than that's industry, just, yeah, other than that's just the way that you you sort of do it, right? But if you think about Vince has, you know, for the next five years, WWE is going to make more money than they've ever made, and this is all based on um, five hours of TV every week, right? So let's say you have mm-hmm. Raw and you have SmackDown and you have a pay per view once a month, like those are your important shows. Uh, why, like, why still have a, a full tur- touring, uh, touring crew when you could save some miles off of these guys by not doing so much house show touring? You could make the uh, the TV matches so much more important because these guys will be so much more well rested, and and you know you give them a little bit of their life back and maybe even extend their careers. By not like not really making them go on the road, like if TV is what matters, and that's where you're getting all the money, you know the old Dana White line, you know stepping over dollars to pick up dimes. That's what it seems like house show touring to me is today. I mean, I think it's just still you have you see about the house shows, like you know who goes to house shows, the kids, the families, right? And at the same time, I think that's what you're reaching. Like, you're building those next generation of fans, like, going to these house shows. You know, you're doing these house shows. Aren't they watching you know, TV, these, though? They're watching TV, but as you know, you and I know, like, being there live as a little kid, you remember your first live experience at WWFN or any kind of wrestling event? Like, Hacks it's Jim a, Duggan it's a whole against other, Ted DiBiase. Whole, what's that? <laughs> who is that? DiBiase versus who? Hacksaw, C-Show, San Jose Civic Auditorium. There you go. But, like, you remember that, like, you know, and then you, and that cemented your fandom, you know, as, you know, as well, seeing these guys live and in person. And I think that, that you know, the, today the same thing, you know, like, you know, a little kid that's 10 years old and just getting into it and his heroes, you know, Roman Reigns, and he goes to a show and he sees Roman in person doing his thing. And, like, now he now you now you have a lifetime fan ahead of him. You know it just kind of keeps. That's how you build it. You take this to the people, and then and you know you take it to their hometown, and they can experience it live. And 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 wrestling is a live event. You know so 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 now, why, why not? I don't see it going anywhere. I can see the schedule being lighter. Yeah, why not cut back? Like why why not have maybe Raw has the Monday Night Raw, and then they have one other show. And then what you do instead is you double down on NXT and you have NXT do a lot more shows. And in order to drive the business of the NXT shows to make them a little bit bigger than the, you know, than, than, than the small shows that they currently do, is you bring in an AJ Styles to work Johnny Gargano. Um, or, you know, you bring in a Roman Reigns to work Ciampa in the main event, like, and that's the way you can, you you know, you can get these instead of, 
you know, a lot of these younger guys, you know, th- th- those are bad examples because those guys are like veterans. But, you know, the dream, you know, the, the Velveteen dream or someone, you know, have him work because mm-hmm. that's, you know, he's going to get better working with an AJ Styles, you know, or whatever than, than some of these other guys he's working on his house shows. But like, I, th- I, I agree with you. I think the house shows are important, but I do think like if you want to extend the life of uh, uh, of, a, of a wrestler, and part of the reason also, like you know, I'm sure these guys like AJ Styles like watches these New Japan matches, and he's like, you know what? I wish I could have the you know that kind of match on on a WWE show. And maybe if you don't have these guys touring as much, you can let AJ and uh, Kevin Owens or you know AJ um, and Shinsuke, and you go, look, you guys are fresh right now. It's a pay per view. We're going to give you 25, do the match you guys want instead of having to hold back knowing that the next night you're going to have to have another match because you got to go to TV or whatever. You know, I just I just think that there's so many um, wrestling is so backwards in, in a way in that all of where sports is going today when it comes to athletes and their bodies is, you know, all the training is so uh specific to extending their uh their careers and 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 making their bodies more durable and making sure that they get the proper rest and making sure that they get the proper sleep like that's where like the nba goes right like that like all the guys who are in the nba like that's where what they talk about is you know i need to get my rest i need to you know i'm working out in in the off season so that you know when i come into training camp I'm like ready to go. So I don't have to beat up my body early in the season just to get in shape. I'm ready to go. And it allows me to play, you know, extend throughout the season. Like that's where, that's where this stuff is going. And it just feels like in wrestling, it's still so old school. And, uh, and I can't imagine that, you know, if they keep doing the way that they do it, especially with WWE, that it gets any better. Like, right. Like you have to make a change if it's going to get better. I'm sure it's better today than it was, you know, 15 years ago. Cause they have pulled back oh, on definitely. it, but I still feel like, yeah. I still feel like they're not, um, that they are not as future. And, and you know, they don't, they obviously don't care about their guys as much as, as these NBA teams are paying these guys $20 million, but that's part of it. But still, I think, you know, if you, if you want to, progress wrestling there are some of these other things that these sports do that just make wrestling look so you know so 1950s in comparison yeah i think that i don't think you like really like oh i want to have these matches like new japan either you know what i mean like i think i think they're they're allowed to have those kind of matches i mean people might say no they, they're already held back but i don't really think they're being held, held back i think there's a specific style that WWE has that's different than new japan and I think when it comes to the style and when it comes to the house shows and the time, like it's definitely better than it is, like you said, 15 years ago. And also these guys now, like they have their routine on house shows. Like a house show match today is, you know, it's a whole routine. They've done it before a million times, you know, so it's not as dangerous as before. Like I don't think they're, they're not going out there having these, killer killer match on the house show they're, they're they're basically going out there and doing their trademark stuff that the fans want to see and i don't think it's as hard as body as the travel is but i also think the travel has been cut down too so i think it's a little better wwe than than you know than before and like i said we're gonna go back to omega and bushi now like you're right like you know omega 
gets tours off, right? He'll probably get a lot of September off, I would think. I mean, the whole it, then, the whole uh, the whole being the elite was about Omega just being like, finally, this thing is over. You know, I lost. Thus, I don't have to have another match. And they're like, oh, uh, I forgot to tell you. Like two and a half weeks later, you got to face Pentagon <laughs> Junior and All In. And he's like, oh my god, you know, like that. That's yeah, kind of the thing, yeah. right? But um, no, I, you know, yeah. look, look, I, I. I mostly say this because I, I just thought, you know, I, w- with all this TV stuff, I, I was just thinking bigger picture, like how could WWE make some of this stuff uh, mean a little bit more? And, you know, like you said, these guys are wrestling the same house show match, you know, every week for a couple weeks. What if they didn't? Like, what if what if AJ and and um, and Nakamura didn't wrestle 35 times in the last three months um you know okada and tanahashi that every time they wrestle it's something special it's not you know it's not something that Mm -hmm. you know you go to the house shows and go oh you know i I can't wait to see i I get to see this match like no you actually have to wait and and when they do wrestle it is it's gonna be special it's not gonna be something that you could just go you know to a house show and and see so i mean there's pros and cons to everything it's just something that i thought about because i you know you know, thinking about how these guys can do this crazy style. Oh yeah, well they'll also yeah. get a lot of time off afterwards, and hopefully be able to to do some mending too. It, you know, but it's it's, it's different. They're, it's just different styles and different the way yeah, that and, both and companies the, do things. WWE's business, WWE business is different, right? It's a TV business, to all in all, right? So like the guys, they have to feel like what three and two hours or five hours a week, just just the main stuff, right? So they have to have these matches. These guys wrestle multiple times. That's an issue there. That, that's what causes like these. Like, there's really no more dream matches in WWE, right? Like, like it really takes like pulling out a Sting or a Goldberg to yeah. get that dream match feel. And there's not that many. Those cards aren't there unless they start, unless they get an Omega yeah. on New Japan and stuff. That's that, that's where the dream matches are going to come from. Because the future, I don't see anyone unless they can. I don't think they're going to do a Sting and Undertaker that. You know, Vince doesn't want to do that from what I understand. So, well, like, I don't Sting think doesn't want to do it either. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, man, I barely so, got out of that last run alive. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, yeah, man. Bushi Omega was, was, was something else. And, and then, like, they left more for us in the future. And that Tiger Driver, the top rope, man. God, I don't know how Omega did not get knocked out. Like, Look at that slow mo. Like, it didn't look like he ducked his chin. It looked like his head bounced off. So he's all right. I mean, wow. <laughs> you know, and I like the finish. I like the. I like like the friendship. I yeah. like. I like that. You know, whatever it is, the bisexuality thing. You know, they're, they're like whatever it is they're selling. Like it's still like there's like you feel like they're our best friends and yeah. and soulmates and then. You know the fans are picking up on it. And I like how they walked out together. That that was that was that was that was that was pretty damn cool. And um, I always like wanted to do like an angle like that. Like I wanted, I always wanted to do like where there's two guys, they're just best friends. Yeah. And and one goes heel, but the guy's still his friend. Like I love the Sting Luger stuff in '96. Yeah. When Luger was a heel, but Sting was a babyface, and like Luger's his friend, like you know, and. I thought, like, you know, of course, WCW and WCW fashion doesn't really play up to it as much. And they focus on it for, like, two weeks, and they kind of drop it. Like, I always wanted to where, like, no matter what, 
no matter how dirty and, and and the cheating this guy would do, like his friend, they would never battle until it got to the point where it had to happen, right? Yep. And uh, just I never got the opportunity, but maybe I would in the future. But but I, I like that too. Like I like I like that I like that stuff with Omega and Bushi. It's really cool. Um. So the final show of the G one. I you know the undercard was a whole lot of like kind of nothing I whole, guess whole lot of blah yeah it was just all storyline advancement uh, Cody Cody came in for the one night uh, he and Hangman mm-hmm. beat Juice and Finlay in a match where you're like hmm you brought Cody all the way to do this <laughs> and and, and the, it was all like the best spot in the whole match was just uh, Cody and uh, and Juice. Uh, tried to do their best uh, dusty jabs. <laughs> like that was like the best part of the whole match. Um, yeah, and the promo. <laughs> yeah, well, the he's cha- yeah he, he's he's challenging for he wants to challenge for Juice's title. Um, and yeah. then uh, the the open weight six man championship was not supposed to be defended. It was just supposed to be a match with uh, Young Bucks and Marty against um, against uh, Tamatanga, Ishimori, and Tangaloa. But uh, they got it turned into a uh, a championship match. Harold was ringside, mm-hmm. and and I, th- I don't know. I thought it was kind of goofy. Harold is supposed to like you know be really angry at these guys, and nah, you know he's 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 playing a role that he's probably not super comfortable in yet. Uh, but um, the uh, the match was ah, it was all right. But you know, usually when you get the young bucks in a in a you know in a big show, you get you know, everything, right? And it was just, it was, it was sort of like a very tame version of what you usually see from them. Yeah, and that, that whole, like, it, that whole stipulation with the six-man tag titles was, was just like, right when they announced, like, you want to put the titles online? And yes, like, we just like, that's oh, an automatic title change, right? Yep. Yep. But, my, but the most memorable part of that match was Tongan's entrance. <laughs> because he had the big Tongans come out first, and here comes their partner, <laughs> Ishimori, who looked like, I don't know, an Oompa Loompa coming out in the, on the, you know, the Willy Wonka movie. Like, it just was so funny to me. It was such a funny visual. I just, you know, and Ishimori is just totally wrong in that whole role. Um, he should be a baby face. And uh, it's just... It was like <laughs> if, uh, it, it was like if Hall and Nash came out for a six man and they kind of like parted ways and then X Pac came out as like the third guy. <laughs> like it was yeah, it was just so weird. Like the small guy like comes out as like the oh, this is the guy that's gonna kick everyone's ass. I mean but he's really good, well, just, but it was just it was just silly. No, no, he's he's a hell of a talent, but it's just funny because like the the way it should be featured is that I think the he should the film Ishimori should came out first and yeah. Tongans because Tomatonga is the he's like the, he's the, the star of the group yeah yeah exactly exactly and the match was just like it was just like a it was a, it was a letdown for a typical we're expecting you know young bucks match respect so crazy nothing really too crazy um you know the Tongans did sell for them but I also didn't think they were selling that great for them either. Like they're still like at least at least Tangaloa I thought was like still kind of like being I like, on the big heavyweight you know what I mean yeah and which he should be and it just I I don't know it just they didn't really connect with the Tongans 
that well. Uh, it, it didn't really work. Uh, then we had the uh, Los Ingrenables de Japón um, against, against Suzuki Goon. Uh, this match was actually really fun, even if it, you know, even if there wasn't any stakes or whatever, or you know, there wasn't even really mm-hmm. feud, a feud to, to kind of play off of. But you know, it was chaos and it was fun for the uh, the ten minutes or whatever that that it, that it took. Uh, I, but I did think that Suzuki's uh, armbar uh, uh, to uh, to uh, to Naito, where ha- half of Naito's shoulder was hanging out the ring, and he kept doing like the teeter totter on the arm. I was like, "Oh my oh, god, crazy. it was ridiculous." I know. I was just like so jealous of those, those damn ab strength right there, man. He's a Suzuki's a beast. And every time Naito and Suzuki, just their interactions, it's always entertaining. Uh, Sonata was the one who got the win here, so playing off of his pretty darn good G1, uh, he ducked the spitting of whiskey into his eyes and hit the skull end, or put the skull end yeah, on. Perfect finish. Um, and then we had a uh, Ishiyano and a Switchblade versus Omega, Takahashi, and uh, and Chase Owens. Um you know, this was goofy. There was the, 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 I guess the main thing was they were going to do the row the boat, uh, spot that, um, Oh God. Yeah. That, uh, I guess I forget what I, they, they did it somewhere else. I think I want to say Omega did it in another match, uh, before, but, um, and then, so, uh, who's, uh, Yujiro's, uh, Yujiro's girl, Peter, is that her name? Peter, Peter, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, Peter, yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she jumped in the middle and was doing like the, you know, just like kind of turning around, like the sable, like what sable used to do when she would come into the ring. Yeah, the... And then um, they they were uh, so they did the thing, and then um, everyone like was sort of mesmerized except for Omega. <laughs> like Omega was like. He was still he was still doing his thing. Like he didn't even see it or he didn't even pay attention. And, uh, and then he got really mad and had to had to push her or you know force her to get out of the ring. Like it was really funny the way they did it. But it was like okay, like I guess you know whatever, whatever this was, as long as these guys didn't really have to do you know any anything anything that that uh, banged their body up, especially Ishii and Omega, because out of you know, yeah. out of out of those guys, they they had the hardest matches. Jay White had, you know, Jay White I think had some pretty smart matches. Uh, he didn't he didn't really get get beat up that much. But those other two guys, they just destroyed their bodies in in, in all the matches. So, anyways, um, Ishi pinned uh, Ishi pinned Owens, and then he grabbed Omega's title and issued the title uh, issued a challenge for the title. And uh, and so we're gonna get that match, which you know, whenever they do that, whether it's uh, September or whatever, um, you have a feeling that they're going to duplicate or better the match that they had in the G one, which was five stars as it was. So that's gonna be a great. It's gonna be a great match uh, for the next for the next IWGP title match. Yeah, what do you think of the execution of that at the end with the Ichio Omega stuff? It, it's so anticlimactic. It was a little bit like that. Um, oh, I think I think Omega's lack of seriousness in the match hurt it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then he's trying to play babyface too, right? Like he's like you know pointing to the crowd and stuff, and and uh, trying to get there what they thought. Like that that stuff is 
you know, pretty phony at this point. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't really think too much of it because, you know, I was just happy to, oh, that's where they're going. Great. We thought that that's where they were going. And I was just happy yeah. that that's where they were going. So the uh, lo- it seemed like this, it just seemed like, like, just like just the, of the showing the bell and Omega, like going, just shaking his head like he's a seps. Like, yeah, let's, let's do it for the title. I don't know. It just didn't seem like it had like it didn't. I mean, other, if they didn't, if I didn't know they had that classic match, like I probably wouldn't be too excited about it. Like mm-hmm. after that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was yeah. thinking like, what could they do? Like, now I don't know what they would do this because you know they're both baby faces, right? Each yeah. Is, like the beloved, the beloved veteran that they they want to see win the title, and Omega is a very popular guy there, but like I don't know. I was thinking like maybe Ishii like shows him the belt, like goes to give it to him. You know, out of respect, or shows it, holds it up. They agree to a match. A met, you know, Ishii like goes to give him the title, but drops it on the mat. Omega was to pick it up. He picks him up for the brainbuster. Boom! Right in the center, and walks mm-hmm. off. Like I don't know if it really hurts his character because you know, Ishii's all business, right? Like, yeah. hey, I'm going for that title. You know, don't forget about me. You know. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I would have added a little more steam like that, but they'll probably add some stuff. Uh, that, the, that the, match something simple that I would have liked better is like Ishii like grabs the title, looks at it, gives it to Omega. Omega like sort of wants to take it, and and Ishii, Ishii hangs on to it like just for like a split second more, mm-hmm. and kind of just looks at it, and Omega's like surprised. Like I, I think something like that would have would have been cool too, but I think they wanted to set the match up right in the ring. So if you do teases like that, then you got to like you know. There's got to be more to it, so it you know it was it was what it was. I, I don't think that you know those guys knew that they weren't the main event, so they weren't trying to uh, overshadow yeah. what was about to come as well. Um, yeah, and plus, like you can't have a mega laid out if he's gonna be in the corner. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. So right before the main event, you had kind of a fun uh, matchup with Mysterio Kushida and the new and <laughs> mysterious. Uh, Sengoku, who was uh, Taguchi dressed as uh, uh, as a as Samurai, a new right? character, yeah, a new a new video game character, I guess, um, against uh, Okada and Shonyo. You know the seriousness of this match. Like, if this was like at a house, like at like at like a um, you know WrestleMania weekend, and you see this kind of match, you're kind of fired up. But on this show, you're just like, oh, I just can't wait to see this main event. So you know, just go do your thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Ray and Okada was cool, but you know, it can't be that serious when all you and I are doing is try to think of ways for uh, for Okada to do stuff to Ray, to t- and then Ray no sells it because he's too short. Like that's the stuff we were thinking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like I would love to see him go for the Rainmaker and just to completely miss, just not because Ray ducked, just because he walked under. <laughs> you know, that'd be hilarious. Yeah, so that's my uh, kind of comedy. But like, yeah, it was. I was in like. Cool to see Ray in in Budokan for New Japan. I mean, other than that, it was kind of just a whole lot of just their kind of match, you know. There's yeah. some cool stuff with the like. Oh, there's some cool stuff with the Todd Ray. It was, it was just like a whole. It was just okay. I mean, the the finish was like the most WWE thing you'll see. Like the way that Sho and Yo uh, allowed themselves to fall into the six one nine position and stuff. Yeah. yeah, but I'm sure they had a blast though. Oh, yeah, of course. All right, so finally we get to the uh, last match of the G1. 
Tanahashi defeats Kotobushi. I guess the thing that I, that surprised me the most about this match was when it was over, how many people were so upset that Kota didn't win this match? Like, to me, either guy wins and it's like, awesome, right? Like, because there's so there's great stories to be told either way. But I didn't know that, you know, so many people wanted Kota to win the match. Now, if you listen to the crowd, like the crowd is, you know, pro Tanahashi yeah. the whole way. But uh, these are people who, you know, who wanted to see something new, I guess. And so I saw a lot of that after the match. Not disrespectful to Tanahashi in any way, but just like, man, I really wanted to see Kota, you know, be the one to move on and win. Um, but, you know, this was this was classic. I guess the only thing that I think the thing that stands out the most in this match and is uh, like, I don't know if I like if, if you take if you keep yourself in the in the mode of like this stuff is dangerous. They had like a, a striking battle that was all slaps. And in the back of my mm-hmm. mind, I'm thinking like, this is so cool. But also like, this is really ridiculous if you're like worried about safety of guys and stuff. But um, it just, you know, every everything was so well done. I guess the only other thing that I may not have liked is when uh, Tanahashi did like the, what he got darted into the corner. Like that looked kind of dangerous. Yeah. Um, and considering that he's often, you know, he's often just worked through, through injury after injury. I was just like, Oh my God, you know, we're going to end this thing before it's even over, but great match. Like just the, their finishing seek, their finishing, uh, last five minutes was awesome. Um, and then, you know, you get the three high fly flows to end the match and it was just perfect. It's, it's, it's really like, uh, this is the match that's going to win as far as the greatest match of, of this year's G1 in our in our poll with me, you, Alan Forel, Doohan, and uh, the Heartbreak Kid, Dave Rubio. Uh, and this wasn't my favorite match, but it was probably second or third, depending on if I liked this better than Okada Tanahashi, which I think I may have liked it like a, 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 a frog's hair better. Uh, and so, uh, but you know, n- nothing to complain about like 35 minutes and these guys just rocked it for the whole match. Yeah. Another, another classic, great final, um, some dangerous stuff like the lawn dart into the corner. Like why Tanahashi still wants to take that move after he got hurt on that move, you know, just, just doesn't make sense to me, but Tanahashi is a. He's a unique character. It comes to, he wants to do the best match possible. I'm surprised that that the uh, deadlift German off the second rope that was oh that was scared of that he didn't land on top of his head but he still landed on his shoulders. He, really he, he, he has a bad bicep. Yeah, he kind of took it how uh, Flair takes his his uh, mm-hmm. the stuff where he goes up in the air. It kind of took it like that. I was thinking, wouldn't it be really cool if like he can like twist his body and almost like a the high fly flow in a way, like it just turns their cross body, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it goes right into the high fly flow. I thought that could have been pretty cool finish. Um, and of course it's, you know, phase Tanahashi being dropped on the shoulder and neck area. Um, but yeah, it was good that a slap battle was awesome. Um, you know, when, when Ibushi hits that thunderous palm strike, I mean that like rocked the whole Tudor off. And then um, I like the – and he's, like, giving, you know, boom, 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 giving multiple strikes with palm strikes to Tanahashi. And finally Tanahashi, like, just kind of just bear, you know, bears down and goes right after him. Come on, hit me, hit me. Yeah. Give me your best shot. And then it just uh, – that was some dramatic stuff right there. Yeah, yeah, um, 
yeah, it was, it was, it was good. I mean, that, it was hard for me too. It was hard for me to, um, to you know, like I'm like, was it better than Tanahashi Okada? Like I was just like, but you know, I just kind of stuck with my my feeling that when I first watched that Okada Tanahashi match, I was like, ah, I gotta get it off to that one because it was just the way it, the way I felt after I watched that one. But this one, I I thought it was great. Um, I don't I don't blame fans for being upset that you know we shouldn't win. I mean. Bush is very popular. People want to see it. I, I think his time is coming sooner than later. Um, I wouldn't doubt if he wins the title sometime next year. Um, um, I can see that definitely happen. I can see him. I can see him winning the G1 final next year. Right? I can see that happening and challenging for the title at the dome. And you know, in 2020. <laughs> so uh, you know, that's just just be patient, fans. You can't do everything in 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 one year, you know, like people want to rush this, rush that, get this guy's power, but you know, you gotta let you gotta let it play out. Isn't it amazing though how many guys of theirs that are just like over as absolute stars compared to WWE right now? Yeah, I mean, like I said, like you know, they you know, WWE's has to feed the system, right? Has to feed that TV, so the stars are always on TV. Yeah. So and they had to wrestle big matches on TV weekly. Yep. Compared to New Japan, which which build build these two matches to a peak. Yeah. Right, on these tours, so so they're they're for us. It's like oh man, we can't wait to see Bushi versus Omega. We can't wait to see Tanahashi versus Okada. You know, we're getting Roman Reigns versus you know I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know they say for <laughs> who's he wrestling? I don't know Samoa Joe. Like he seemed like he wrestled on TV a lot, right? Stuff like that, or 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 you see Bremen versus Braun, like every pay per view. It was just like nothing meant, nothing really felt special. No matter how hard they worked, they had good matches. It just didn't have that feel. Like, man, we're gonna see that tonight. We're finally gonna see that match. Yeah, 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 yeah. They don't have that. They don't have that match in their in their in their pocket. There's not. I don't know if you think of a WWE match. It's like I can't wait to see this. You know, like. I don't, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's, uh, just just look at the main roster guys now. I'm not well, bringing up guys. Like well, one, I mean, one of them we'll see at SummerSlam, which is Samoa Joe and AJ. But I mean, we've seen it before, right? But it's been a long time. Yeah. Like that's probably one that I think that I think is something that I that I am really looking forward to seeing. Um, mm-hmm. But but you're right. You know, outside of that, like there's not a. T- I mean, we've seen everything. You know, so many times. You know, unless you. Unless, you know, I want to see, I, I do want to see Randy Orton and AJ again, because uh, we only saw that, I think we only got that one time. Um, and that I, SmackDown match last yeah, year. Yeah, I would love to see those guys match. go again. They definitely left me wanting more. And then also a match, too, that was just recently on TV, like a month or two ago. And unfortunately, like, AJ beat him clean, but like, AJ seeing Amba. Like yeah, yeah. You know? And then when they do stuff like that, when they beat a guy on TV... It's it's just makes it like now that now they wrestle again now we're like eh, I saw this guy got beat you know you beat him one time already it was clean like nothing there's nothing gonna excite me about that like WWE <laughs> WWE sometimes I feel like it's almost like they have a horse this thoroughbred horse it's gonna win the Kentucky Derby it's like you stay be in the Kentucky Derby and he's expected to win it's almost like they shoot him in the foot before he hits the gates <laughs> open you know. <laughs> And then they have to limp through. They lose, and I was like, "Oh, don't worry, he'll be back next year." You know, yeah, like, and then, yeah. and then, the, 
and then they build him up and he wins next year. But next year, like that's not the year that you're so excited to see him win it, you know? So I just think they have issues to clean up. Hopefully they will sometime soon. Uh, another another match that you know I think is is Daniel Bryan and AJ. We'll see if they ever if, see if they get there. They did on TV. I know. <laughs> uh, thankfully, I didn't watch it, so I'm going to pretend like it didn't happen. So yeah, yeah, and, and, and to the fans, it didn't because no one remembers it. <laughs> it randomly happened on the SmackDown after WrestleMania, and and the reason why I remember that because one of those matches I'm scratching my head going like, why do they do this now? <laughs> And uh, I just wish, you know, ah, it's so frustrating. You know, they is still WWE, and they have a really good roster. But it's just like, it's just a difficult, so, you know, because they have to feed the ratings, man. That's what it's all about. It's all about TV. Yep. Um, you and I will uh, not be back next week because I will be out of town. And the following week as well, I will be out of town. Um, but we, we should try to do a somewhat regular show. We don't have to go weekly, but I think we should probably check in every two or three weeks and, you know, kind of go over what's, what, uh, we're watching and what's interesting to us. So hopefully you and I can, can do that, um, on a more regular basis, you know, instead of it just being during the G1, but, um, also maybe I'm not, not going to make any promises, but, um, if I can figure out how to, um, make it work. I know that uh, Draven and Big D, the K Fabulous Lucha Brothers, want to possibly record a SummerSlam post show, but uh, we'll see. There's there's logistics involved for me. I'll be on a laptop. I'll you know I, I don't mm-hmm. know if it's going to work as good, but it's possible. We're going to try to make it happen. If it doesn't happen, we'll do it at some point in the near future. So those are a couple of things on the horizon. And we still have to get back to do another We Want Flair podcast. I was saying, man, we should pop in Flair versus Barry Windham and do that We Want Flair episode. Yeah, we got we got to do the we got to do that soon. I, I also need to do a little bit more research on that match, but uh, that's another one. So we have a lot of stuff going on. We'll 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 yeah. be back soon, and and yeah. Uh, and yeah. So I I will I won't be watching SummerSlam with you guys this weekend, but. You know that I'll be texting and tweeting and doing all kinds of stuff oh, while yeah. watching it. Yeah, you know me, I'll definitely take a break from watching wrestling since the G1's over. I'll <laughs> 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 uh, right. be watching All Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you'll be watching. You, you can't, I still can't believe you got a subscription to All Japan, right? It's smack dab in the middle of the G1 when we like have, when we're like watching two and a half hours of wrestling every day. Um, well, you know, when Zeus won the title, I was like, man, I, I, I got I to gotta check out the stuff, you know? It's like, because they have a really good product themselves, you know? So Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, so, yeah, man, thanks for doing these. This was what? Was this number five? I think we did five of them. Wow. Is it four or five? It may, it may, it may, it may have been four. I, I, I'm, yeah, uh, it was fun. Yeah, no, we, it, it was it was fun to do this with you, but it also felt like a little bit of like, a, how would you say? Like it, it was like a, it felt like you know we reached the finish line to get through this whole. Uh, yeah, this actually would have been. This is actually number five. We you know we got through the end of it, and it felt like an accomplishment, and we covered it as as best as we could. 
Uh, last year, I did more writing about it, but this year, I didn't have to do any writing because you and I talked about every single show on uh, on the podcast. So, yeah, this was yeah. a lot of fun. Hopefully, people enjoyed it, even those who may not have followed along uh, as closely with the G1 as we did. But uh, but yeah, man, I was uh, I was uh, very excited uh, at the end of this just to think of the accomplishment of like, man, we got through so much stuff and we covered it like the broadcast journalists that we are. Yeah, 90 matches, right? So, yeah. All right. So uh, for John LaRocca, you can follow him on Twitter at LaRoccaJL. I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.